Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to us. This is the Go Along Podcast. Uh, I'm Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monas. Remote, I'm down here in the greater South Boston, greater Colden, north of Springville region of Western New York. You're downtown Buffalo. You're, you're a city slicker. How's it going up there? I like it. It just started raining a little bit here, so. Nice. I hear it on the rooftop. So, yeah, no, it's always good to be in downtown. Been beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I like that- the like I like the action downtown. I, I you know, I, I like I like being around the action. I hear you. I, I every time we drive downtown now, and Buffalo isn't even that big of a city for people no. listening outside of Buffalo. It's True. just the little things, the like finding a parking place and the the, the random idiot driver just cutting you off yeah. or driving too slow. It just all these little things just kind of add up and just piss me off. I'm like, all right, send me to the country. I think the the scout in me i spent so many times in cities lived in atlanta lived in philly you know lived in the so i'm just always used to being around it i like it but yeah um uh what are we uh sipping on tonight Ooh, got a little grounded imperial stout unoaked at of course hamburg brewing company it's uh it's a 10.0 it's a 10.0 and as we've talked about on here jim not a big stout guy myself not not into the stouts a little heavy no. I had a little Guinness phase in college at Syracuse, but uh, outgrew it. I got to say, the Grounded series at Hamburg is pulling me back in. It's pulling that me says back. something right there. I mean, if it can, it, it must be good. They've got it's like cool. co- coffee flavored, mm-hmm. uh, bur- bourbon infused, all that good stuff. So, uh, well, the reason I'm at, I can't wait for Saturday. Mm. Let's jump right into it then. I mean, we've got a lot to talk about, including you, you and what you're going to be bringing go along, but. Big relaunch, big relaunch. Uh, So psyched about everything we have going on at Go Long. If if you subscribe, thank you. If you're thinking about subscribing, a good time to get on in for the season kickoff. Where to begin? I guess right there at Hamburg Brewing, right? Saturday for subscribers. We will be outside in the tent. First beer on Go Long. Hopefully some appetizers. We may or may not be trying to get Eric Wood to show up. 
sorry, Eric, had to throw it out there. So, Mr. T, you wanted- he was on, I saw him on the sideline that Louisville game I was watching uh, he's last smooth. night. He's smooth. He does his thing. He's always somewhere. Yeah, he is. I mean, I totally forgot how he's not even physically here anymore, but he's going to be in town for the game, <laughs> for the, game uh, yeah. the next day. And yeah, he, he said he'd try to make it if he can. So could be an Eric Woods sighting, which would be a lot of fun, but just can't wait to meet everybody. Um, there was a couple people out in Wisconsin, one person in San Diego that wanted to fly out for this. Couldn't make it with their schedules, but it's people want to be there. It's the place to be Saturday. That's what all the kids are saying, Jim. I can't wait to hear some questions. I mean, I have questions for people. I mean, we, I, that's what I love. I love that. Like, Hey, we don't have all the answers. We yeah. just like to talk football. And, and I, I love talking to other people and hear what their opinions are. They listen to us all the time. I like to hear if people disagree with us, agree. It's that's what, that's what makes it fun. I love it. I mean, that's what it's all yeah. about. I had a reader, uh, Don out in Wisconsin email me this morning and just vehemently just disagreed with everything I've been writing on Aaron Rodgers, right? Like just wasn't seeing it the same way, which I totally get. And I told him like, look, I get it. If, if one more shot at a ring is worth it, that is an argument to be made. And once we kind of went back and forth, it was a great conversation. And that's the kind of stuff we want to have in person, right? We we're tweeting with people. We're talking on this podcast, answering questions. We're living in this virtual world and thank God, Cross our fingers, knock on wood, we're busting out of that virtual world and we can hang out with people in person over a beer, over a beef on Wick, have some fun. I mean, we had the draft extravaganza uh, back in April, which which was a riot. Uh, it was great to meet a lot of folks. That was awesome. Um, such a good time. Such a good time that um, I'm, I'm hoping the uh, the OGs come back, come on out. We don't really have any plans. Like we're not, you know, we're not staging, you know, uh, hacky sack races or conducting podcasts we just want to drink beer and talk some football with everybody no it's going to be and and the the energy for the bills game is just going to be it's going to be insane i i predict and and you correct me has there ever been a bigger is there ever going to be a bigger kind of atmosphere for a bills home game now think about it regular go ahead that's why i'm asking i don't know enough go ahead I think the Super Bowl expectations are real and they're, real. they're one game away last year and they were cooped up for a year that, with freaking COVID yep. all that. So you're probably right. No, I will just, say though, like 2015 with your team what, or six, yeah. yeah, 15, 15. Yeah. That was Rex's the, yeah. first year. That Colts mm-hmm. opener. That Colts game was pretty hype. Tyrod hits Percy Harvin. The defense is looking hype. sharp. But into the Patriots game, the hype leading up to the Patriots game was palpable. And then no Bill question. Belichick just extinguished just a, that. Just awful. Right. I, yeah, no, I like that. You're right. That, that brings back. That was good. You're right. That was a really that atmosphere of that Colts game. Was, and you're right. We just you knew that we had to prove it against the Patriots that year. And just that wasn't. Yeah, wasn't time. It just felt like the highs were so high and the lows were so low in a very short amount of time with Rex Ryan, you know, I mean, he could get, he could get you jacked up, whether you're a fan, a player, a coach. We had Eric Wood on the podcast. And he's saying how like the most empowering coach yeah. he's ever been around, which that means something. I mean, you can go out there and have the performance of your life. Mm-hmm. And then God, some of those losses <laughs> early in the year, you know, I mean, that one, um, the Cincinnati loss, the Jacksonville loss in London, the mood in the locker room just felt, 
Like the season was over, like done. Like these defensive players just trashing the scheme. Like you could just feel it. It was like a sixth sense. Like guys were just dejected. And it was, it was like September and October that the season wasn't lost at all. That London game. I, I, you know, you hate to think about, I hate looking back on stuff sometimes I do, but uh, I don't even, for some reason, I don't even know how we were in that game, the way it was going, you know, EJ was just, it was a mess and it was our game to win. Yeah. I mean that, I don't care what they, that, that call, I, I will never blame one call. I, that's not my style. I don't blame, but it was not, I don't think it was a good call. It was brutal. I mean, it cost yeah. you guys the game. The defensive did, pass but you know what? It happens. And you, you know, one call never ruins your, but that, oh, I, I guess what my thought of that was, was the flight back. Yeah. Was just like, what, what is happening? Like it, it you're, you, you wonder where we're going. Like, I remember being in the on the plane thinking, I don't even care if we go back to Buffalo right now. Just take us somewhere else. Like, I, could we end up somewhere I don't even want to go back right now? Like, this is a nightmare. I mean, what is happening? We just lost to Jacksonville. Terry, Terry and Kim definitely weren't happy with EJ that day, and we knew that the we knew that it was just it wasn't a good loss. It was. It's crazy that you guys were in the game. I mean, there were a few breaks, but like EJ just kind of came roaring back after the most disastrous start to a game a quarterback could ever ask for. It was, it was a I, nutty mm-hmm. game. I'm, I'm Tom. We sat up. I can tell you in London at the stadium. Doug and I were kind of out front, and Terry and Kim were kind of back behind the glass. You know how there's always that little divide. Yeah, and we were just sitting there, and and their kids were all sitting with us, and halftime Doug and I are just looking at each other like Doug goes well I'm going to the principal's office and basically went back to basically take the the lashing of what are we doing with this quarterback what are we doing you know it, it, it's not blaming EJ but just hey what are we doing how he can't be the you know and EJ, a quarterback though yeah and that, we were trying to tell him like hey he's you know he's a good backup quarterback we really thought he would be I think EJ had such – we couldn't have handled a rookie quarterback. Or not – yeah, you couldn't have handled him worse than we handled EJ. But his confidence and wanting to be a starter, and it just kept going backwards and backwards. There was never any buildup to get him to that point where he could even be a good number two. I mean, yeah. he, yeah, he, EJ Manuel should have been a good number two quarterback in the NFL. You know, that preseason, I want to say he had that comeback win against like yeah. Cleveland where he was all yeah. hyped. We talked about that. But then the Steelers preseason game at home. So he did enough to warrant being in that position to be the backup quarterback thrown into that game. And yeah, it was uh, it was rough. But we don't have to talk about. No, know, anyway, I don't know. I'm sorry. I guess I was thinking, yeah, that was all right. We always kind of end up going down that road. on this. Podcast. It's good. It's good to get it's good to go there. But let's get out of it. You know, we got the season started Thursday. I cannot wait for this game Thursday night. It's like driving downtown Buffalo. It's good to get in there, but they want to get the hell out. Like, get let's, out. Let's get, get out, out of here. And, and yeah. try to forget it. Try to yeah. forget what happened. Um, but, yeah, we got, you know, we got we got Dallas yeah. opening against Tampa. And let's talk, Tyler. I mean, you got some stuff going on with Dallas. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been doing these divisional previews, and we kind of got sidetracked catching up with different people on the podcast and whatnot. But 
let's talk a little NFC East and let's start right there with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So I've been working on this story probably got three plus months, I'd say on and off uh, catching up with a lot of sources in and around the team, former personnel members who may be willing to speak a little more freely on how things are run in Jerry Jones's world. As you know, Jim Onis is here on our podcast hey. saying whatever the hell he wants because he's out. There's a value to that, right, Jim? <laughs> but you're not going back. It, it, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're in, you're you in deep now. You're in deep. Good, good therapy. You, you know, yeah. you, you, have a, you, you have a whole job now as yeah. a psychiatrist. That's in that, this conversation that I had with um, one person in particular really got the ball rolling on, on that story. We talked for, got a couple hours it was funny as I was talking to him and obviously can't say who it is. He has to remain anonymous to speak freely. And that's a conversation for another day. I think there's immense value in that. If people want to know how the league is really run, there's a trust between reader journalist and sources that ask just to be remain anonymous to speak freely. Like they mm-hmm. want people to know how Jerry Jones operates, right? Mm-hmm. They want people to know yeah. what really happens with the Dallas Cowboys they also don't want to sabotage their own lives and careers. You know what I mean? Like Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley in green Bay, all they did was answer their phone and answer, answer my questions. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and they're considered pariahs by a lot of fans for just being honest. So that that's maybe why people like to speak anonymously from time to time to get some truth shot into the atmosphere. Um, we had this conversation I had, Jim, uh, with a, a former personnel man there. It's God, I think me and uh, Gina we were going out to dinner that night, and I had to like, you know, tell her, hey, this this is really good stuff. Like, we're gonna have to just kind of wait a bit until <laughs> we till we leave the house. <laughs> so it kept going on and on and on. She understood, which was great. Um, but he really broke down like the pre-draft process in Dallas. Um, is to me, it was like, holy, holy shit, this, this is not normal. And he said, this is not normal. And I don't want to give too much away because we're making this uh, series exclusive to subscribers. So hopefully people are interested in it and want to subscribe if they don't listen to this podcast. But um, really backwards philosophically on how they stack their board, Jerry Jones's role in it all. He's the owner, the president, the general manager. The key is getting to Jerry right? Like he, he's running the show, but he's not really showing up every day. They've got the two helicopters, they're in and out. Um, so yeah, you want to get Jerry's ear. Like you want to pull him to the side and try to, you know, fight for your guy. It's, it's very strange. Maybe not abnormal judging by your facial reaction here. No, 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 no. I'm more trying to figure out how I I can't figure out how he would be. I get he's making final say, but I can't imagine who's actually setting that. There's no way he's sitting there watching. You know, that's why in my mind I was thinking, all right, maybe Jerry's getting involved in that first round pick. Right. Doesn't Steven, yeah, I, right. I don't know. I, Will McClay. Will McClay is the voice of reason. He's the voice, okay. In Dallas, for sure. He's the de facto GM. Um, I think he was really responsible for building up that offensive line, the driving force in 2014 when Jerry wanted Johnny Menzel. And they're like, what the hell are you thinking, Jerry? Like, he's a train wreck. So there, there is, you know, some hope internally for sure. But I mean, at the top of the masthead, it's Jerry Jones. Like he can still do whatever he wants at any moment. So it was fascinating to kind of dive into that world. And it kind of goes without getting into the weeds too much. You know, it's a, it's a relationship based on friendships as much as anything. And 
I think that problems arise from that as well. So um, Wednesday morning, we're going to have part one up and we'll part two up later in the day, Thursday morning, part three up, and then they play Thursday night. So we're going to find out about these, a lot about these uh, Mike McCarthy led Cowboys early against the defending champions. That's a good lead in because to the NFC East, because I, it pains me a little bit to say that, because, you know, I know enough that that defense last year was, so bad in Dallas, but I'm a Dan Quinn fan. Yeah. Always have been at the university of Florida when he's a D coordinator. Um, we knew some mutual people and he was a great source for me there and really cool to see his career. You know, he was six, he was a successful head coach. I mean, that super bowl was ridiculous in Atlanta and it, you don't recover from something like that. I understand that, but he is, he's going to get this defense better. I like their linebacking core right now. Um, they brought in a safety that he had in Atlanta. And I like when coaches bring guys with them, especially at safeties when it went very, you know, intelligent type needed guy to make some calls back there and get people lined up. And I just feel like there's some positive things going on on that defense. The offense is loaded. Like it seriously is loaded. If Dak is Dak, you know, if he's healthy and good, that team, that offense is loaded. So I, I think I'm hoping to see it just a good game. I'm obviously, we just want to see a good game, but NFC East wise, who's a more talented team. I mean, I, I think when you just go talent, Mike McCarthy, regardless of what we think of him, he has success. I mean, I, he knows how to get to championship games, get to Super Bowl. So I, I feel like they have, you know, a qualified head coach, a hell of a defensive coordinator, the best quarterback in the division. That's a good recipe for success in my eyes. If the defense is at least good and I think they can be good. I, you look at their players and they have talent. So I'm, I think Dallas can win this NFC East, but I know you might think differently. I do, but you make some great points and we get into a lot of what you were just breaking down as well. You know, in 2014, the Cowboys were, you know, maybe one Des Bryant touchdown that should have been a touchdown away from yes. getting to the NFC championship game. They go into Seattle with, with that formula they, they can win that NFC championship game. DeMarco Murray was r- running for 1800 yards that season. Um, Tony Romo had the best year of his career. Des Bryant is in his prime. Romo and Murray both had two MVP votes um, behind Rogers and JJ Watt. So they had a talented team, and I forgot. And I talked to Scott Linehan, um, the offensive oh, yeah, coordinator of that, that team. That. Yeah, I saw that. So he was. Uh, he made a great point. Like when he came in that 2014 season, like he talked to Rod Marinelli, who was the new DC, oh, yeah. about complimentary football. You know, the year before, that defense was maybe even worse than the 2020 Cowboys defense. <laughs> they gave up the seventh most yards in NFL history. I mean, they were just an embarrassment. And by running the ball more and just kind of not throwing it all over the place, they were able to find that balance. I don't know if that 2014 Cowboys defense was like lights out. They weren't, but they were good enough to win a title if it came to it. So you can, I mean, you can kind of work together. You know, I get it. Kellen Moore, it seems like he wants to throw it all over the place with those weapons. Why wouldn't you want to throw it all over the place? But you got Ezekiel Elliott, you got Ezekiel Elliott. You have still a pretty good offensive line when they're healthy. They weren't last year. You can talk yourself into kind of dialing it back to 2014 and 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 winning a winning the division, maybe winning more than that. I, I have a hard time getting past, you know, <laughs> the people upstairs, though. I just feel like 
25 years, there's a lot of themes that have developed with Jerry Jones. And I feel like Mike McCarthy winning those divisions, winning a Super Bowl, had a lot more to do with his quarterback than maybe anything he was necessarily devising on the chalkboard. I mean, by the end of it, like, and look, he's to his credit, like credit, you know, use that loosely. He's not calling plays. He came in and he wanted Kellen Moore to stay as the offensive coordinator. He wanted to keep things going on offense. <laughs> I always come back to Seinfeld on this podcast, right? I just keep thinking of, you know, Cosmo Kramer, like, Cosmo. you know, what do you, what do you do around here? Remember, he just said he was just hanging out at that job, and I don't even really work here. I don't even. That's what makes it so difficult. That's what makes it so difficult. I don't know. What, I, I don't know what Mike McCarthy really does. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I I feel like his teams are typically soft by January, and that's what we're going to see out of Dallas. Okay, and that's fair enough. I guess what my point on McCarthy was: Hey, he has he's been the leader of some successful, you know, some really good teams, Super Bowl, you know, so I'm just trying to paint a picture where he does have talent. If Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, who I like, I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture for Dallas just to at least make this a run, but man, that Tampa offense is loaded. So we'll see, we'll, we're going to find out how good this Dallas defense, at least, you know, see where they're at. It's also week one and we have to remember what, you know, it's, it's not that, you know, we're going to have rush to judgment after week one anyway, but it, this part I am looking forward to seeing. Are the or is Tampa going to be? How important is this game to Tampa? You know, for Brady, every game's important. That's how he approaches every game, and the players buy into that. You know, so that's why I think Tampa. I mean, they're going to be hard to stop. But I think Dallas can score on them. I think Dallas can put some points up on anybody, really, not just Tampa. I think Dallas can put some points up. Zach Martin's health is a biggie. You know, yeah, they're still saying the he play now. Right. It, it changes every day. I am this i know i'm i'm over it. i'm just over the don't you want another month or so of you know maybe some hype and some no, but i'm over the I'm, i hate to say it, but i'm just over the some guys get covid and but they can't oh, play but they can't play yeah i just you never know who yeah he tested but if he's two days negative and maybe he can play but it's just the rules just seem it must be maddening i mean being a part of that right now i mean it's the, the league is flying on the sheet of his pants. Like it, it's, it's, they're making it up as they go along. Everybody yeah. is. That's what rest- pre- pretty much everybody in power has kind of made up this COVID shit as, as they've gone, gone along. It's not a political statement. It's just yeah. truth. Nobody no. knows Nobody anything, knows. but everybody's inventing rules. Like they do know everything, the NFL included here. No, so but this is why football is hilarious to me. Football doesn't really, football is such its own. It's almost like its own planet where the rest of our country right now is, is kind of like, okay, it's coming back. You hear all the reports. It's surging again. It's surging. College football, every stadiums are sold out. NFL is going to be sold out. Like nobody, nobody's caring. Yeah, make everybody. sure you put a mask around your three-year-old kid going to preschool. Oh, but hey, let's watch Alabama on TV tonight. Look, there's a stadium full of fans. Like it, there's no consistency anywhere. Like it, no, and that's, that's my what drives point. everybody it's, nuts. Yeah, and that's where I'm at with it too. I just whatever. But anyway, it's going to be fun. To, I'm just looking forward to seeing the game. And that, Dallas is, to me, the ta- most talented team in the NFC East. I'm not going to argue with you on offense. Just especially. talent. talent. Yeah, yeah. Talent. and I do like – I don't want to throw away their defense. I like some of their – I like some of the things they've done. They have two edge guys that, you know, can pressure. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that, that linebacking core. They're, Keanu they're Neal, you know, the safety, bringing mm-hmm. him in and moving him to linebacker, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, he was one of the hardest – hitting dbs in the I mean, he's been hurt a ton 
Dan Quinn's healthy. Teams, Dan Quinn brings toughness. I can promise you that. Like he will bring toughness. They will play. You know, that's one thing I respect about him. So, to maybe it'll offset the softness that McCarthy brings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll they'll need it. Did you watch Hard Knocks? Did you watch Hard Knocks? I I try not to. No. It's pretty sanitized. You know, if you're running out of NyQuil, just watch a little hard knocks at night. It'll knock you right out. <laughs> I don't know. It's so, I mean, it's what an, what an opportunity for a show to, to, to really bring fans like into the headquarters of a team. I mean, the cameras are everywhere, all everywhere. over the place, but correct me if I'm wrong. The team has final say on editorial control. Like they see everything that is put out there. So that's why the last few years have been so just, milk toast and almost unwatchable at times i mean they'll have montages of players just swishing water in their mouth and spitting it out during practice for 15 minutes of the hour and you're not learning much um no forget where i was going with that oh yeah so mccarthy on hard knocks it's oh yeah i I don't think it really did him any favors like i feel (laughs) you know he came out afterwards and said you know I, i can i'm paraphrasing here he said something like, I could be more genuine now that the cameras aren't around. So are you, you're admitting that everything we saw was like an act was and fake. An act. But for what it's worth, a Packer player that was watching it in real time texted me and said, yeah, this is what we saw all the time in Green Bay. Uh, well, well, I mean, you know what's good? Winning solves, winning cures everything, that old statement, and it's true. And yep. maybe, you know, he's had so much success. And like you said, was it him? Was it obviously we all know it's the quarterback has a big deal to do with that. So I don't know. I'm just thinking, like I said, I'm a Dan Quinn guy. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he, how he changes up that defense. No doubt. No doubt. I'm with you there. So we'll see, you know, the team that I'm going to go with in the NFC East mm-hmm. and um, Hey, we're going to have predictions that go along with Bob, Bob McGinn's idea. So oh, check it out. Be, this is the best. So uh, definitely we'll check that out later this week. Washington. You know, it's funny. I, I remember all these, all the years of working in the NFL and always shaking my head saying, how in the hell do these guys do predictions? Like, it just seems impossible. And now we're going to do it. I can't wait to see how, I want to see how bad I am. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's you fake it until you make it. I mean, we've, we've said this often on here, but if those who can do teach those who can't teach, teach Jim and those who can't teach Jim, work here in sports media and, and make stuff up. So <laughs> all right. So who's your team? Who you got you got Washington, right? Yeah, I like Washington. I think they're built the right way. That's what it comes down to. I don't think the Cowboys are really built the right way. Like their defense is pretty bad. Their coach is leaving a lot to be desired. Washington has a really good coach in Ron Rivera who has right. full control. There's no questioning who's in charge with Washington. Like it's Ron Rivera. He brings in, I want to say Marty Herney, right? Oh, no. He, uh, did he bring in Marty? Look it up here. Anyway, let me, let me challenge you a little bit with Washington as we go through this. Okay. Real, real, yeah. I'll, I'm looking that. Okay. You, and yeah. then the defensive line. I, didn't, I think their defensive line is low. Okay. Their defense. I mean, they've got the best defensive line in football. We just saw what Tampa Bay did with their D line against, the best quarterback maybe ever, you know, had him running for his life. The question is where are the points coming from? And I think they addressed it. I know Fitz is Fitz. I get it, but what's around him. I'm talking myself into this. Like 
Oh, I, we had the story on Antonio Gibson. You can check it out up at Goal Long. He's, he's I don't think you're wrong on talking about their weapons. Like, we got Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. I love I love McLaren. Curtis Samuel, Kurt, Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuel. I love those. Those guys are weapons. Jared Patterson, UB's finest. The the Bills apparently didn't want to draft. He Which, said, he said, Sean, come get me. They didn't listen. It, that's me. I mean, I know. But I do like their weapons. I do question. They, they, their left tackle is going to be Leno, who they brought in from the Bears. Mm. He's not very good. Um, I, I, I always worry about a team that has, to me, an average quarterback – and how good is how good are they up front on the offensive line? They'll be okay, I think, up front. Um, but I need to see it. I need to see how Leno plays and see. I think they have a young guy playing the other tackle position as well. Um, so he's kind of unproven. I don't know much about him. So we got to watch and see. But that's yeah. right off the bat. I'm worried about both tackles. I don't. You know that would concern me. And I think you know Fitz is okay. I'm with you on that D line. Everybody is. That is a loaded D line. Their corners, solid safeties, you know, are okay. I just, they're kind of the popular pick right now. You know, they're kind of that, that team that everybody's kind of, you know, everybody's excited, but I, I need to see a little more. I do need to see a little more, but yes, they're certainly going to be competitive. Every, when you have a defense like that, you're going to be in every game. What do you think about Gibson? I, I didn't really talk I to like you him. I like about his game. I, I mean, they're going to try to use him as that Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. There's, there isn't a D1 collegiate wide receiver that has converted to starting running back on a reigning division chance. I mean, I love how he thinks the game. I mean, he talked all about it. He's not robotic. He's not down to the step. He's, he's juking, he's spinning, he's being creative. He's, he's got the perfect size, the perfect upbringing to this moment. Um, he doesn't Man, look like a, he a great coach. He doesn't remind me of a receiver. That's why that story was cool. Like about him. He, he, I mean, he plays the game. Like he's played running back. He's, he looks natural and he is tough. I mean, I like him. That was a good, I thought that was a cool that you brought that oh, out nice. that story on him because when I was watching all that tape last year, all these guys and Haskins was by far the worst quarterback I think I've ever watched. And, um, but I kept looking at their weapons. I'm like, they have guys. So, yeah. and he was one of them. Every time he seems like, man, this isn't a fluke. He's a good player. But, you know, like I'm saying, we're going against, to me, it's like, it's Dak in that division. And then it's just a, a huge drop in the quarterback play after Dak's a top. I mean, he's a legit, legit top five, six quarterback, in my opinion. I love Dak. But anyway, we'll see. I, I, I'm with you. I, like we said, that defense. If Fitz does his stuff, if he, if he just doesn't turn it over, like we know, but and he Fitz will miss open players too. Let's not just say it's not always about just turnovers. I mean, he will miss. He's not like great accuracy all the time either. Yeah. I mean, he can spray it, but he's so tough, and he's and the players play hard. You know, they buy into him, and and you can't ask for more than that. So we'll see. I like it. I mean, I'm this division is 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 funny because that, like I said, I think Dallas is much more talented than these other teams but who who do we think is next because i know i think i know who you like i know you like man. the man up in, in the meadow uh 
Mr. Judge. Mr. Dimes with Mr. Judge. Ugh. It's a wedding combination. Ugh. Well, I obviously blew a lot of smoke up uh, Mr. Dimes' ass back mm. in. This will be a make or break June, for you. July. He needs to show up this year. On paper, I love what they did. Like, and we've made fun of Gettleman, and you know, he's. I'm not he's, a Gettleman. I don't like Gettleman. Right, he's kind of been a buffoon at times. It seems he's he's easy he's easy to mock. You know what I mean? I I, I get all that, but I love what he and Joe Judge have done. Like Kenny Galladay, I know injuries. Eh, it's a whole other story there with the hammy and and that. If he's healthy, legit, bona fide, X out wide, number one, you've got that settled. Sterling Shepard in the slot could be one of the best slot receivers in the game. He's not going to have to be a number one. He can go to work there. Darius Slayton, legit number three. Canaries Tony, we'll see. We'll see what he has. Kind of a weird like Tony. mini I camp like Tony. for him, but yeah, but I do like Tony. Right, I, and, and Saquon Barkley. Saquon, yeah. I mean, if he's a home run hitter, he's a home run hitter, and he's another receiver out there. I will say this: I'm, I'm, I'm getting to it. Don't worry. I'm with everybody on this offensive line. It has me really worried. Like that Andrew Thomas pick right now. Woo. But this, doesn't the quarterback worry you? I, I no, kind of like, I like Daniel like Jones. Him. I like I him. I need to see. He was so – he didn't have a good year. I mean, I try to see it, you know, because you, you try to just see what what – he makes a lot of poor decisions, a lot of poor throws. The, to me, that he and Gettleman are going to be tied together this year. If if Jones is if Jones is the issue, if he's not up to the standard, I think he and Gettleman can. I think they'll have new new tan. Jo, Joe Judge is going nowhere. He'll take total control of that team. But um, yeah, I think it's a big year for for Jones and, and Gettleman. The defense, I think the defense will, should be okay. I don't think it's special. I like the Bradbury though. I mean, I like Bradbury corner, but. I, the, Giants, the secondary, they, they played, Logan Ryan, they, James Bradbury. They have some good play, and they played hard for Joe Judge. Real peppers. To your yeah. point, they did play hard for Joe Judge last year. They they fought, and that's a sign of that's a good sign. They bought into it, so they're going to be competitive for sure. I think. And Leonard Williams, they had to pay up a lot to keep him, but next to Aaron Donald, I don't know if there's a better D tackle. He's he's talented, no doubt. Blake Martinez will will clean up good a lot player. of middle linebackers. Always good. Always I mean, you can talk player. yourself into that defense. I like their defense a hell of a lot more than Dallas's defense. Okay, that's fair. I don't think they're as good as Washington. And Daniel Jones, I hate to get into the excuse making, but the injuries last season it's fair. played through some stuff he should not have been playing through. Um, the, the lack of weaponry around him was just piss poor. He did not have much at all. He's going to have a lot more this year. If Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, that changes everything offensively. And it's year three for him. And just like it was for Josh Allen, we saw that jump and not saying that he'll do that, but yes, guys can make a jump. So I, I, I think your points are good. That, I mean, I, I, we should be careful with the Josh Allen thing, but I find myself being more willing to think of Daniel Jones can take that step. You know, I'm not, I'm not there with Tua. <laughs> I'm not there with two at Tagovailoa, but I am there with Daniel Jones. I can see him <clears throat> taking a huge step in, in 2021, and maybe I'm dead wrong but because the offensive line does scare But it's not like the Bills' offensive line is like this brick wall. It's good, good. but it's not dominant. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the Giants can just kind of get by, he's. I think he still has a shot. So – 
we're both feeling like the last place team will be Philly. I think so, Jim. I think so. Your old wow, stomping man. grounds. That that place seems a little shaky right now. I know that coach. I know he's a Western New Yorker, but should we do some rock know. paper it scissors? Hurts. I uh, don't do it. But hurts. I, I just feel like hurts is he's so competitive and he's so tough and he's such a good athlete and you're going to get, you're going to get his best effort, but is he a good, is he good enough to beat some of these defenses? And I personally haven't seen it yet. Um, but I do know that that guy is going to work and give you everything he's got. And, and so you don't want to count him out. I don't like their team. Yeah. I don't like their receiving core. I don't like the running backs. Um, their defense isn't anything to me that looks anything special. I just, I don't like the talent. I'm there with you. I, I mean, you're taking so many swings at wide receiver in the draft and you're missing and you're missing. And maybe Devonte Smith. I, mean, I like he was, him. But... He was dominant in college. He was no, a he trophy good. winner. Good, but... I know he's a little guy, but like you're, you're using so much capital on that position. I, and you, and you you missed out on DK Metcalf. You missed out on Justin Jefferson, and then you're going to take another receiver. I, it's hard to follow Howie Roseman and, and what he does running the show in several different spots. But defensively, not a lot going on. I had a great conversation today though with uh, Rodney McLeod. Um, he's been there for a while, tenth yeah. year in the NFL, and he's been in Philly since 2016. So uh, we talked for about an hour, and we'll have something up at Go Long soon, but. I just love his perspective. You know, he's somebody who's been through it all. He was there. He's good. Smart guy. He's a captain on the team now, Um, but went through the Super Bowl win, went through the demise of everything, saw most everybody around him leave. And, uh, you know, once the dust kind of settled, he was still there. And um, he's, I mean, what's he going to say? I get it. But he's pretty optimistic about their chances this season. He, He thinks they've got a legit shot to make a run. We'll see. We'll see. But um, I, I have a hard time talking myself into the Eagles like I do. I, I can talk myself into the Giants winning the division and definitely Washington. I can't get there with Philly probably because of Jalen Hurts. I, I, I just – I don't know. He looked really good out of the shoot last year. I think because things were so bad in Philly and they couldn't really move the ball at all. And Carson Wentz mentally just was – something was off. And when Jalen Hurts came in and – ran around and made some plays against green Bay too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he brought some excitement. I, I just don't know if he's a sustainable starting quarterback season to season to season. Um, not sure. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think that's where it, you know, it's the consistency that separates these franchise guys to the, you know, the, like a hurts where, yeah, he he's good enough to win eight games with maybe, but can he, can he consistently beat these teams just with pure passing ability? Cause that's what this league is. And, and, you know, it, it, at some point, and can he stay healthy? Cause I mean, his style is, you know, he's tough. I mean, he's going to run people. He, he, he doesn't avoid people. Like he's going to run you over if he can. We'll see. I, I, I'm just not big on their whole roster. I, it's not just hurts to me. I, I, that whole team just doesn't, I think there's a lot of players on their team 
you can get excited about like miles sanders like you can get jacked about miles sanders exactly. when he's healthy he's and he's player. out there and he he can take it the distance any given play but player. then he gets nicked he's up good. then he's out yeah is he a difference maker yeah are those guys difference makers or are they just you know they're good players to me i, I just don't see a you know I, I always i always try to judge players on the the other side of the ball is are the other teams scared of Miles Sanders? Who are they game planning for? You know, who are they trying to stop? And, you know, to me, Sanders, you take his jersey off and put somebody else. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He they're not game planning to stop Sanders. It's that's how I look at it. And I just don't see those yeah. types of guys. Case in point, I mean, there was a game late last season, maybe it was the season before when Boston Scott came in and like won them the he's, game in overtime. Like he's, he's that good. Like you love having a guy in the rotation like him, yeah. you know, cause he has that some game breaker to him, but no, hey, definitely. It, before we um close yeah. up though, Jim, like give us a story from the Philly days. We talked so much about Buffalo, so much yeah. about New Orleans. I know you were a young scout. Maybe there was still hair on your head. Maybe not. I, I know. And um, I was fighting the hair is the best way I could say I know it. I that needed, world. Well, I, I saw it going, I saw it was going the wrong way. I was holding on, but you know, and that's going to be part of my column. I was going to pick out each week. If we, you know, maybe my hairline of the week could be a coach, could be a player. If I or on TV, the studio, Ray Lewis, you know, when he's painting on the Jing and, and getting it, everything colored in, we're going to, we're going to have a little hairline column, you know, a little sentence for hairlines, but I love it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a good for me in Philly. That was just incredible. When, when I first started was uh, John Harbaugh was a special team. Like this is what people, you know, you forget the staff that Andy Reed had with John Harbaugh, Ron Rivera was a linebackers coach. Spagnola was in the secondary. McDermott was an assistant. Um, Brad Childress, who was the head coach. Juan Castillo has been bouncing around as an O-line guy I'm forgetting some other big names right now. Um, Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer was in a, like these guys all went on to be head coaches, but I couldn't get over uh, Andy Reid's ability to see everything in the whole organization. As far as he knew everything that had to be, he knew what the PR department had to be like. He knew what the training staff had to be like. He knew what the equipment room needed to be like. And that was my, that, that blew me away because I'm thinking this guy, you know, he's just, I was like, how does he have time to actually, like, he really had a lot of thought and input. He took the the head trainer, Rick Burkholder, that was in Philly with us. He's in KC. I see him on the sideline with, that's Andy's right-hand man. There's certain guys that you have to trust and bring with you because those, those rooms are important. The training room, the locker room, the PR, the, and I just couldn't get over his attention to detail on everything. And he never, he never sold the players out. And I just loved watching him as a leader and seeing him bring on Don McNabb, who, you know, just, he developed McNabb. And, and I, I, you know, I really think there's something to, and, but if, if McNabb went, you know, he brings in AJ Feely, you know, we had success with AJ Feely. Like who else has success with AJ Feely? Andy Reid does. And, and I just love, and, and uh, my point on that was how everything he, everybody he hired was a special coach. Like they went on to be head coaches, whether or not they succeeded or not. I mean, Harbaugh, look at Harbaugh right now. I mean, he was a special teams coordinator. Yeah. And I didn't even, back then I was too young to understand that special teams coordinators can go and be head coaches. Of course they can. It opened my eyes because 
they know all the rules of the game, situational football, the things that win or lose in the last five minutes of a game. Our special teams coaches are really good at that. Joe Judge. So I guess I guess I was more blown away. My, my perception of Andy Reid was he was just an offensive guy. Wasn't the case. You know, obviously he had Jim Johnson, who was a legendary defensive coordinator at the time. But Andy Reid also was paying a lot of attention to the defense, too. So I just... I guess I was just admired how he put together a staff. Well, well said. And, and then if you want a funny Andy Reid story. Yeah. For me, I was a scouting assistant. Um, so, you know, for the draft, we're in there late nights and we're doing, you know, the grunt work and all the stuff you love as a, you don't care. I mean, you're 20, whatever, 23, 24 years old. And I could have stayed in there all night, but it was like eight o'clock at night. He came in and it was like me and another guy, Rashawn Curry, we were sitting in there and, he said, hey, Jimmy, uh, threw his credit card at me, large pepperoni, and then whatever you and Rashawn want. So he wanted that large pepperoni for himself, but he's like, and then whatever you guys want, you get too. But he wanted that large pepperoni. I was like, all right. Coach. Large, a large pizza just for, for him. For him. Did he and polish like, it off in one sitting? Uh, best part, I promise you, I don't know if he took down the whole pizza, but he always had Diet Coke with with whether whatever he was eating it was always diet coke in fact sean mcdermott when i first started as an intern i've never seen anybody carry more cases of diet coke around because he was andy reed's assistant before he kind of went into coaching every time i saw sean he had a case of diet coke going to andy's office (laughs) just loading his fridge up with diet coke so jump started his whole career bringing Andy reed his his diet coke but you know it's funny and I talked about this before, but Sean did the same thing in Buffalo when he, when he got the job with paying attention to the whole building mm-hmm. and, and cleaning it up. And I guarantee you that's what he took from Andy. So, man, you know, what's crazy is like the Eagles, when they moved on from Andy Reed, I, I think on the outside, look at him. We all looked at him as this offensive guy oh. always loses in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the time ran out on Andy Reed in Philadelphia. Chip Kelly comes in and he was billed as everything you're describing. Like here is somebody who has his finger on the pulse of everything in an organization, the GPS trackers and the right down to everything. Right. Every single player is putting in their bodies every single day. Like, you know, we got to get shady on here, but like LaShawn McCoy obviously hated it all. Deshaun Jackson hated it all. Like it rubbed out rubbed a lot of the players the wrong way. A lot of guys hated it. And you know, he comes out first game against Washington. Remember with Michael Vick, we all remember where we were watching the game. Oh, like, yeah. oh crap, this is the future of football. Yeah. And poof, it was gone before it even arrived. And, you know, he moves on San Francisco, does nothing there. He's at UCLA. He'll probably be fired soon there. He, he man, watch out on UCLA. He may be built for college because really? only reason I'm saying that is I felt like where Chip Kelly, I th- to your point, I thought his kind of being creative and outside the box. And, and that's, that was the way to go. I thought he just made some of the strangest personnel decisions, you know, and got rid of some great players. And it's not, you know, I just felt like, I don't, I can't remember what he had in San Fran, but Philly, it just was strange what he was doing personnel wise. Man, I'm glad you called me out, Jim. I had no idea. I mean, I not in touch with uh, UCLA football. Just took down LSU and they're ranked. You see how that um, is. So, yeah, he's, he's like, I said, sometimes you're, you're built for certain 
you know, college can work for you if you have that system and can recruit. He knows how to recruit. All right. Well, hey, before um, we wrap it up, though, Jim, we buried the lead, the Monus Report. Hey, I'm no, go long. You were great. Uh, I'm I so jacked it. to bring you in the written word to our newsletter, our website. Um, if you did, didn't catch Jim's introductory post, it's awesome. Check it out, golongtd.com. But I mean, everybody listening to this podcast, they dig your stories. They, they love hearing all this crazy We're stuff from Buffalo, Philly, New Orleans. But tell everybody here uh, what they can expect. When the Monus report drops, we're going to keep, we're going to keep giving stories. We're going to keep giving, you know, as, as much one line stuff that I can, that makes me that just as confusing to me or funny. Um, Got to get into the quarterback rankings, which we all love, but then we also have to touch on other things. I always have to touch on restaurants. You know, I said a little reality TV, whatever, you know, tonight's a big night for me. The, ch- the chop season finale on uh, <laughs> we're doing this grill episode, this fire episode that I just have been loving. So, I mean, stuff like that. I just, it's my getaway from football, but just, I just want to have fun with it. It's not going to be anything like what you and Bob do. Cause it, it's, Hey, I'm amateur style. I'm, I'm, I feel, you know, just, I feel like I'm like you, you and you guys are like LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis and you guys are kind of picking some good role players to come in, maybe, maybe, you know, hey, he can spot up here, he can do this. So I'm, I'm kind of that, you know, I'm kind of that guy that, hey, you know, he'll be, we can play with him. We can play with him. I appreciate, I really appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm just thrilled to have you, yeah. all the pleasures here. But I, I picture you as a Robert Ori type, you know? That's what I'm saying. Just, I can fit Coming in, in knocking down that three, winning championships. I feel good, feel good about that. Yeah. I, I won't let you guys down. Just don't ask too much of me, though, because if, if you ask too much of Robert Ory, if you're looking for it, yeah, that's just don't ask too much. Hey, there's a reason that he's winning all the championships and hitting all the big shots. And I, I, the best uh, comparison I ever heard, maybe in anything, best analogy, whatever you want to call it, Robert Ory and Nate Dogg, the rapper, R.I.P. Oh, I like that. Right. Every track that Nate Dogg's on is an absolute banger. And Robert Ory, all he does is hit game-winning shots and win championships. That's pretty strong. Right? That's a good one. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Well, anything else we got to hit on before uh, we sign off? No, Sorry we, we couldn't do this in person. we got to get back to Hamburg. Well, we'll be there Saturday. Oh, I can't wait for Saturday. It's going to be awesome. All right. Well, definitely coming out, everybody. If you subscribe, get a beer, eat some food, introduce yourselves. It's going to be a good time. Jim, good to see you, man. Catch you Saturday.